Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Uh, we are going to be in Second Peter today, starting um, chapter 2, verse 11, and going down uh, and um, finishing up chapter 2 through verse 25, and we'll just touch on chapter 3, verse 1. That's our schedule for today. Um, we've been talking about what you should think about and feel when you're up against a crisis. And so far, 1 Peter chapter 1 looked a lot like James chapter 1. What do you do in trials and tribulations and crisis? In chapter 2 in 1 Peter, he's been talking about how to grow up. Getting rid of your pride, the immature emotions like malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, arguments. And he's talking about... Um, laying everything at the rock of Christ. Christ is what you build everything on. And it's not just about believing in Christ, it's actually walking as Jesus walked, as a changed person. We're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for Christ's own possession. He didn't die on the cross to save you and to claim you so that you would not be changed by that and uh, still walk in darkness. So he's sort of, he's, he's given a lot of examples about growing up as Christians. Now today, um, I know you're facing a lot. We've got a worldwide pandemic. Um, many of us are going different directions. Um, I'll be um, looking at a lot of COVID uh, folks today, patients today. Um, so we will just all be walking um, in faith uh, today. We're going to be letting uh, the Lord protect us. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, um, I just pray that our study today can bring you a sense of peace. And a friend of mine um, texted me um, a verse last night. I'll just read that to start with. Um, it's from Isaiah chapter 43. Verses 1 through 3. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. 
It's a very personal relationship. It's a very personal message to each one of us. By name, we are His. Verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. A very personal relationship by name. You've been called by name. And he is telling us by name, he is with us through whatever we're going through. Verse 3, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So, he's telling us who he is, too. He is our God. He is our Lord. He is our Holy One. He is our Savior. So, we have been bought with a price, the precious blood of Christ. And Peter's urging us now, uh, as we begin our study, to walk in mature faith. When we're in our trials. Verse 11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So he's saying to us, we have to walk as, as strangers in this world and against all the passions of this world. We're sojourners. We're exiles. We're exiles to the sin of this world, and we are living in exiles, as as James said, to the dispersion. We're elected exiles at the dispersion, and in First Peter calls it the dispersion too. You're where you are because God put you there. You're not there by random chance. God wants you where He wants you, when He wants you to be there. So, you can think, oh, why did I draw this lot today? Why do I have to do this? Or why am I doing God put us here where he wants us. And that's what we have to do. We live, we're exiles to the world. We live in the world, but we're above it. Why? Because Christ has overcome the world. And we need to live in faith that we've overcome the world today too. And if we're facing something really bad, or whether it's COVID virus exposure or what, Christ has overcome all that. So we need to live like we've overcome it too. Verse 13, be, sub- be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those uh, who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good you should... Put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as, as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So as we walk in our mature faith, we need to, we need to live honorably. We need to live in respect for those who have human authority over us. That human authority was given to them by God. God put them there where he wants them there. So we honor those in authority over us, but we show them that we do good. Our purposes are uh, heavenly purposes. And so we have to honor what 
human institutions say, but again, our purposes are God's purposes. And so we do good when those around us are worried about themselves or evil or whatever. And if you want to boil it down just to something simple, and sometimes I think simple is the best, what are we here to do? We're here to do good. You know the Nike advertisement, just do it? Well, our advertisement is just do good. Do good. And then you'll put the, you can put to silence the ignorance of foolish people because they can say what they want about you, but you do good. And we are living as people who are free. Now we're free. We're living as exiles. We're free. We're not using our freedom as a cover up, right? Or we're not using our freedom to get by, but we're living as free people who've overcome this world, who've overcome the sin in the world, and who've overcome the COVID virus and the epidemics and the cancers and all of the medical problems. We've overcome the world because Christ has overcome the world. Verse 18, subjects, be servants to your masters with all respect, not only to do the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if you sin and are beaten for it, you endure, but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. Just do good. If you do good and get praised for it, or if you do good and suffer for it. But in God's eyes, if you do good and suffer for it, that's really a gracious thing in God's eyes. It's always easy to do good and get praised for it. But if you have to suffer to do God's will, how much more is it gracious in His eyes? But the purpose is to do good. That's what we're here to do. We're living in exiles to do good. Verse 21, for this you have been called. What is this? To do good. We've been called to do good. Because Christ also suffered for you. He did good, leaving you as an example that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but in continued to entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Christ did good and trusted himself to his Father in heaven. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his words, you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He's in control of our day. He's in control of our very soul. It's Jesus Christ. We're called to do good. And then he breaks it down to relationships. Verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. That's where we're supposed to stop. But the main thing that I get from this chap, this these verses, uh, the end of First um, Peter chapter two, is we are called to do good, to live in as exiles, freedom, as Christ has overcome the world. We are called to do good. So, 
God bless you all today. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And I pray that we can all live freely today as exiles to this world. And no matter what you're facing or how how anxious or depressed or sorrowful you may feel, you have every right to live as one who's free, free from all of this worry and strife in this world, the diseases of this world. Christ is your shepherd. Christ is the overseer of your very soul. So live today to do good freely. You've overcome this world through Christ. God bless you all. Keep your hearts always centered on Christ. And I'll see you next time. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, you guys stay safe, take care, and we'll chat soon. We'll see you tomorrow. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 11, all the way to chapter 3, verse 1. So scripture reads i'll begin at verse 11 of first peter it says beloved i beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul so this is the section on christian separation and what it really is so it talks not so much um of restraining yourself from doing certain things as it's um is positive of doing certain things so um you know you have the term worldliness today what does it mean so worldliness today is doing the things of the flesh which we had actually um talked about earlier on that was uh you know uh, the things of the flesh the things of the world that's uh, malice um uh, deceit um you know things like that those are things of the flesh so um you know, you separate yourselves from things of the flesh and, you know, true separation is separation from these things. Um, that's like <clears throat> gossip and, you know, just basically the things of the flesh. Obviously, you can't separate yourself from the world. We're in the world today, but, you know, there's um, things that are listed that, you know, we ought to separate ourselves from as Christians. So things of the flesh will not only lead to judgment someday, but um, it will destroy, you know, our testimony. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to live by a certain conduct, a certain attitude. But this destroys our, our, our testimony, God's testimony today as Christians. Because here on earth, we are giving testimony of um, the Lord. So as far as the world is concerned. So people will tend to look at you as a Christian and say, this person is a Christian and that you're teaching us these and these doctrines and principles but they're actually not even living by them because of their attitude and their conduct so paul had said to the ephesians you know the same thing and that peter is also saying and peter is now saying the same thing to his people in the diaspora that's what the these were the jews that are scattered um abroad so um you know verse 10 actually of um first peter um it read who were who once were not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy so here um, you know these people the Jews they had rejected God and God had also rejected them now God is doing something new for them so verse 12 uh, first Peter goes on to read having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers they may 
by your good works which they observe glorify god in the day of visitation so here true separation today is uh you know and not a pious position that you actually take up or you refrain from you know that's um it's doing certain certain worldly things you know that is um you know say for example you know we are entwined in the business world today and you know god's children today have um you know contact with the business world so we you know are to show faith sorry we are to show forth um the praises of god by honesty and that is a witness um you know that we are actually witnesses of the world today you know how we conduct how we carry out ourselves you know are we honest people or you know are we deceitful people and or it's the conduct in the world it's like you know the world is watching you know if you're a child of god you know the world is watching and i Quite honestly, you know, a lot of people can't wait to see the downfall of somebody. You know, they're, they're thinking, oh, this person's actually moving around and witnessing for the Lord. And, you know, they just can't wait for your downfall. You know, um, there's a lot of uh, worldly temptations. That's um, the flesh. Um, there's gossip, deceit, there's greed, there's, there's malice. Um, there's just a lot of things. And as a child of God, you know, you have to separate yourselves from these worldly things and be an honest person. You know, are you doing your business honestly? Or if you're in a work environment, are you an honest person who uh, is dependable and can be counted on? Scripture goes on to read in verse 13. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, verse 14, or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. So here, at this time, um, you know, when Peter was writing this, you know, uh, Nero was actually uh, made emperor. So he was just actually coming onto the throne of Rome. And scripture reads that we are to obey those who are the supreme rulers uh, and the ordinances of man so we are to respect the governments you know we are to actually obey them you know because these are people who govern us and who set laws so we are to obey them and you know the roman empire boasted that it gave justice to man but it really didn't you know like any other government you know uh man man, man is just man you know man is not just but we are to actually obey the ordinances of man and the supreme rulers so you know today if you look at governments you know the the little man the poor people today they don't receive justice uh, or fairness at all there's just nothing you know we find somebody who's rich and has got so much money would actually buy their way to uh, you know a good judgment or a good verdict because they would get like the best lawyers or they would bribe somebody or things like that there's just no justice in the world today but that that doesn't mean you we, we ought to be um you know disloyal or not obey the law because um, scripture actually tells us, you know, we ought to obey uh, the ordinances of man and the supreme rulers that we have. So the believer today is to be obey the law. You know, there's so many laws. You can't go around being a delinquent about it. You know, you get a speeding fine. Pay your speeding fine. Be an honest, um, upstanding um, Christian because today we, um, this way actually, we, we it's, it's a way of uh, giving praise to God and um because we, we are the ones who go out there and give testimony to um, to God. And we tend to destroy his testimony if we as Christians are not living, you know, what the gospel actually preaches. So the believer today is to obey the law. So, you know, the Romans actually intended that their law be just, but it was not. You know, because man's law is just never just. There's just no justice in the world. And, you know, they crucified Christ and they persecuted the early Christians. They were not just. So today there is so much um, freedom of speech and, you know, freedom of, 
this and freedom of that and you know but there's no freedom of religion you know religion is being suppressed today and you know the preaching of the word of god is being suppressed and as believers we are to obey and to submit ourselves to the laws that actually govern us here on the earth verse 15 goes on to read um for this is the will of god that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men so here the lives that we actually live uh when we submit to governments and those in authority we are revealing the praises of god in our lives and we are to be obedient to the law of the land you know the law of this world the law of our governments and this means we are giving testimony you know we are to be examples we are giving testimony to to god um Verse 16 goes on to read, As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Verse 17, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the kings. So here it talks about our relationship to others, right? So in verse 16, you know, we have, you know, we have a liberty in Christ. Yeah, we actually have a liberty in Christ that uh, non-believers, you know, don't really have. You know, as a believer, spiritual believer, you, you know, we can actually see things that an average person cannot see because, you know, we are enlightened. Um, but uh, believers shouldn't actually use this as, you know, a guise, a cloak to actually hurt somebody else as this is, you know, very malicious. And this, you know, malice is one of um, the things we ought to separate ourselves from as uh, believers. So we are free. Uh, but we are servants of God as well. And in verse 17, you know, we are to respect all people. So we are to honor people and we ought to love our brotherhood. And the brotherhood here is other believers and we are to fear God and to honor the king. So this should be revealed in our lives and in our conduct as um, believers. So, you know, regardless of today of who uh, or what type of president that uh, we have and his inabilities, we should actually honor them because scripture actually tells us we should honor our leaders, you know, as Christians, because we give testimony, you know, we are God's testimony as this is, um, you know, um, it reveals the praises of God in our lives. So we should honor, um, uh, you know, regardless of who the president is, we should, he should be honored because of the office that he, he actually, he or she actually holds. Verse 18 goes on to read servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle but also to the harsh so here he's saying if you have a boss who is um, a christian and you have fellowship or a godless boss we should uh, be subject to him as long as you know he is asking us to actually do that which is right and that which is actually legitimate so um you know the the, the, the term subject here um submissive subjective um you know uh this word is in you know it has in it a freedom so a freedom of choice so we should be more subject so you don't have you know you you actually do this voluntarily so you're not doing it for your testimony or for um you know your testimony but you're doing it for christ and not for um because you know, you're not being subjective to him because he's a good person. You're doing it for the testimony of Christ as a believer. Um, you know, do the right thing. Do the legitimate thing. That's why, um, you know, we have to be submissive. But it ought to be voluntary. Um, you know, because as a true believer, as a good person, we ought to do it for Christ's testimony. 
verse 19 and goes on to read for this is commendable if because of conscience towards god uh, one endures grief suffering wrongfully verse 20 for what credit is, is what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults you take it patiently but when you do good and suffer if you take it patiently it is commendable before god so here you know if you're having problems and you actually played the fall um <laughs> you know um you you actually um you're the one like it was your fault you have to take it patiently um but you know when um when you do something that is right and you have troubles and it's not your fault you have to take it patiently because it's commendable to god and today you find many people become humble like really humble they get humble they eat humble pie when they make fools of themselves and god knows that you know god knows this um and um this is he, he knows as in you know uh this is not honest for he knows our hearts but if you have done the best that you can and trouble actually just comes to you because you know there's a lesson out of it that you um are learning and it, you know you ought to take it patiently god will actually recognize this but you know if you know you did something and um you know you're facing troubles and it was your fault you know you take it patiently if you're a child of god uh don't um don't try and act all humble and all because god actually knows what's in your heart you're only humbled because you know the situation didn't allow you know you're facing problems because it's your fault uh you played the fool so um so now uh verse 21 sorry goes on to read yeah for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps so here we have the sufferings of Christ which are um uh, an incentive to the believer and today um there are you know an example to us the sufferings of Christ because Christ had actually said you know in the world you shall face persecution because you know I suffered before um you actually um suffered so now verse 22 goes on to read who committed no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth so here the lord suffering you know we should divide them um into they should be divided so there's the sufferings which he suffered as a human being down here when he became a man and uh suffering for righteousness and he also suffered for the sins of the world so the latter you know him suffering for the sins of the world is not an example for us today this is our redemption it actually talks about our redemption that's what we believe in so we are going to suffer um and he um you know he left an example we're going to suffer and he left an example for us in the former in like him suffering when he was here on earth um and it's in connection with um him actually the example is actually in connection with him suffering when he was here on earth so verse 23 of first peter goes on to read who when he was revealed did not revile in return when he suffered he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously so here you know let the lord actually settle their accounts you know because when he lived here he did not retaliate back you know uh when he was pushed he didn't push back um you know he did not um he was reviled he did not revile in return 
So that's an example he actually left for us. So, you know, let the Lord um, settle their accounts. Paul actually says in Romans, um, avenge not yourselves, my beloved. Vengeance is mine. So I will not repay. Uh, oh, sorry. I will repay. What am I saying? I will repay, says the Lord. So vengeance is for the Lord. Don't, you know, let God suffer. Uh, let God settle our accounts. Let God handle those accounts. You know, um, vengeance is for him. And uh, verse 24 of scripture goes on to read, um, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. So here now, um, he's not an example. That's not the example that uh, initially was being referred to. Like he left us an example Um um, in verse 21, the example, this is not the example, um, here as we, uh, can't suffer for our own sins or the sins of the world. So he's talking about redemption and we, you know, we were dead in sin. That was our condition. And now we are healed of sin, um, uh, because he's the great healer that no physician can actually, um, do heal us because he's our great healer. He, he healed us from, um, our condition. Verse 25 goes on to read, For you were like sheep going astray, but now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So here now, Christ's suffering is the theme in this last chapter. So he suffered vicariously in order to set us an example. And he also suffered for our sins. And, you know, this is um, this particular verse is a quotation from Isaiah 53. Um, um, yeah, sorry, Isaiah 53, 4 to 11. So, um, you know, humanity, both um, lost and saved, are actually called sheep. And um, here now, you know, we have the suffering of Christ for our redemption because we were dead in sin. That was our present condition. So now we get to chapter 3, and here we see that suffering also <coughs> produces conduct. So we saw that it produces separation in from chapter 2, and, you know, now um, we see suffering will actually produce um, conduct of believers, and it's a manifestation in, two, you know, it actually is a manifestation, it's manifested, sorry, in two different places for the believer. So it's his conduct in the home and his conduct in the church. So from verses 1 to 7 of chapter 3, first uh, Peter we have the conduct in the home um, and you know verse 1 here of chapter 3 first Peter ties it ties us back to chapter 2 where we talked about separation and separation um, and conduct are blended together so in verse 1 of chapter 3 it says wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word they without a word may be worn by the conduct of their wives so in the book of Ephesians, when we studied Ephesians, we had the same theme of the position of the woman or the wife in a home. But it was a Christian home who, you know, who were actually spirit-filled. And that was in Ephesians 5. It began uh, with, be filled with the spirits, then what are you to do when you're filled with the spirit? So one of the things was wives were to submit themselves to uh, your your husbands as unto the Lord and husbands are to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So husbands are to love their wives as Christ 
um, loved the church, you know, and he died for it. And, you know, wives are to submit themselves to their husbands. So for the sake of order in any place, there must be a head or a leadership. And this has been given to to um, the husband. So when the wife has been um, told here to submit, it's not like, you know, to submit like the obedience of a child. And, you know, that's what a lot of um, people tend to actually misinterpret. A lot of men tend to misinterpret like, oh, my wife's not being submissive. You know, it's not the obedience of a child. So submission here has to do with that which is voluntary, you know. To reciprocate, to be voluntary, you know, if the husband shows love to the wife, you know, she's going to reciprocate by being submissive. And, you know, here, Dr. J.P. McGee gave a very good term, you know, the other term, respond. You know, like, um, for one response, there's another response. So, to respond to this man, you sh- he shows love to you, and, you know, the wife responds likewise. So, submissive here is voluntary. So, if a wife is married to a man that's not um, a Christian, and um, so what should be the position of the wife in this particular case? So this is where we ended in our study and um, I'm excited to hear Monday's study. That's where we're going to continue from. Like if, um, say I, as a believer, go and marry somebody who's a non-Christian. You know, it happens, uh, you know, where say, you know, both of you were not believers and then, you know, the wife converts later on. And, you know, what should be the position of um, the wife in this particular case? So, yeah, this is today's teaching. It's been a great teaching. Um, It's been a good week. Um, you know, mixed, a mixture of, um, you know, here and there with what is going on right now. So, um, I hope you actually all enjoyed, uh, this teaching, um, stay safe, stay healthy, stay home. Um, so God bless and have a pleasant weekend. Bye-bye.